welcome to Stay Sure, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Elaine. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, I am very excited for today. Uh, we are kind of bringing back a uh, an oldie, kind of oldie, but goodie, uh, which is kind of like, you know, uh, peak internet, you know, um, trendiness, as always, is doing uh, tier lists. Uh, and for us, it's doing discography tier lists uh in sort of in the vein of like anthony fantano but um you know, kind of doing our own little thing uh you know previously we've done uh deftones and death grips and uh today we shift our focus to uh another of our you know uh mutual favorite bands uh the mars volta um i am very over the moon for this. I actually saved my Mars Volta t-shirt to wear for this exact occasion, even though <laughs> nobody awesome. will see it. Oh, I love it that. It's a spiritual victory. Um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So I, I think it probably goes without saying, we're both pretty big Mars Volta fans. Uh, we've talked about them before a little bit. Um, I know we talked about Amputecture at one point a long time ago, and then that episode actually was one of the few episodes that we recorded that got uh, that, that we couldn't put up um, because of recording problems. Oh, yeah, that was my my old laptop. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's okay. You know, these things happen. Oh, um, I was so devastated. I, I literally stared at my phone with that text, and I was like, I don't I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. It just like, I felt so bad. Oh, I, I, it was, you know, it's all right. Do you, do you, I don't know if you remember, I mean, not to sidetrack, but the, there was an episode we recorded where, um, my, uh, my landlord kept, um, knocking on my door. I do. Like, like multiple times. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. But like, see, like, um, th- that's kind of a quirk in the recording. Whereas like I, I literally lost. The whole re- yeah. So I, my, my, you know, my situation was much, you know. That's all right. I mean, I, look, all I have to say is, is you know, we've, we've sort of danced around, uh, you know, talking about the Mars Volta. We've kind of sprinkled them in here and there. Uh, but, you know, today we're going for the gusto. You know, we're, we're, we're biting this thing off as, as much as we can. Um, and we are kind of, you know, ranking their albums in a tier as best as we can. That being said, you know, I think we should probably come with a couple of caveats. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, when it comes to these tier lists, I personally try to go for, like, I think uh, kind of like my own opinion, but I, I think kind of tempered a bit by sort of the prevailing general consensus. Um, you know, j- just to try to keep things fair, because, I mean, I, I definitely have some strong opinions um, about certain albums that the Mars Volta have created. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it, it, unless you have, um, oh, I actually, you know, but be, before that, I, I think it's also worth pointing out we're, we're only doing main studio albums. Um, we're not doing the Tremulant EP. We're not doing any of the live albums. We're not doing the compilation of sort of unreleased, uh, deloused material that was released, I think earlier this year. Um, I actually haven't listened to that, but I really should at some point, but yeah, so we're just doing main studio albums that that's it. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just for time, if, if only for time, but yeah, anyway, I, uh, I actually re-listened yeah. to Tremulant just for the shits and giggles. Cause it, I mean, it's pretty short. It's only three tracks. I think it's less yeah. than 20 minutes. And I, yeah, I honestly don't know how it would, you know, cause I feel like, you know, we'll get to it, but D loused, um, I mean, it feels more like a Mars Volta album than an At The Drive-In album, but there's definitely some At The Drive-In-isms on there. Tremulant is is very much the awkward middle child. Between, like, it just, mm. it's, I mean, it has some really cool ideas, um, and it, it just feels too short. You know, it, yeah, it, feel, I mean... it feels like the equivalent of one track on some of these albums. And I think that to, to make it more about what the albums are actually going to talk about, I mean, I think that's something that makes the Mars Vultures so interesting to talk about, so interesting to um, to rank, is that the, the way that they... like As we'll get to, I think there are certain songs and certain moments that I love in, in albums, but then when you look at the album totality, 
it the way that those those songs go in context the way that the album plays out overall it, it it all that to say like there are certain albums where like they have some of my probably my favorite musical moments that they've ever done but maybe in the context of the full album it's hard for me to put it you know above certain other albums in their discography um mm. although i will say that i just across the board i think that their album art is just is just so so cool like i, I just yeah. I, you know, I i have all their albums on cd and just as i was putting each one you know replacing each one putting in the tray it's just really really like I don't know. I just I just love their aesthetic. I love even like the the album covers where they had a, like a photo versus a painting. It just kind of create you know maintains the same vibe. And mm. I, I don't know. Just like this whole the whole preparation of this episode, I just I got more and more excited because they're not a band that um, I listen to that often. Only just because um, they're one of those bands I love, but I don't like kind of like Swans. Just like their their albums are really long. Like I feel like. I need to be in the right headspace and be prepared to listen to like a really long, dense musical journey. But every time I do, I'm just like, man, this is, this, this fucking rocks. This is, this is the yeah. shit. They're, I, I, I mean, I'm a massive Mars Volta fan. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I've listened to, you know, the first four albums, uh, probably more than almost any other like band's discography in my, my CD collection. Um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, it, it, it's been a fun week to like listen to all these and just kind of reminisce, um, mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, we started, I, I, I sort of made you listen to D Loust. I mean, over a decade ago now, because um, I, I specifically remember it was like the summer of 2011 that I bought D Loust. And I, I, I specifically, I remember driving to college, having it on or, you no, no, I, it was, I, I was, I was definitely like, it was like in the summer before that, but yeah, like it, it's, it's been a fun 10 years. So, um, I, I guess let, let's just, um, yeah, I was going to say, do you want, do you want to just dive in? in? Yeah. So yeah. D lost the comatorium 2003. Uh, it is the only album that they put out that isn't produced solely by Omar Rodriguez Lopez. Um, because it's, it's, I guess, uh, Rick Rubin has some hands in, uh, in it as well. Um, yeah, it is, you know, I, I, I think probably the roughest album that they've put out just on a sort of like stylistic and like a production level. Um, because you know, it, it the band, you know, kind of came from like kind of the ashes of at the drive-in and, um, yeah, it, it, it is a uh, an hour long concept album. I think there, I think every single Mars Volta album is a concept album except for the last two, if I remember right. Maybe Amputation. Um. Anyway, yeah. So you know, we we it's it's very you know um very to the point. You know, very like in your face with with its like roughness you know, with its musicality, you know, you, you've got a lot of really strange rhythms going on and sort of, um, you know, Omar Rodriguez Lopez is still kind of playing around with, with, you know, um, like flirting basically with, with kind of like atonal, you know, little licks and things like that. But most of the time it's, it's kind of like this Latin infused prog rock kind of, and you got like some hardcore edges to it. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting album for sure, and it you know it, it's aged really well, um, in my opinion. You know, I mean, I I I would put it at at an A, um, personally, because I, I I think like it's just it's such a solid debut, but I think that there's I I, I feel like that they reach higher heights after it. I. Honestly, I put it in S. I mean, I, I, I just think that it, it's it's just such a great encapsulation of their raw energy. Every time I listen to it, I forget that the latter half of the album gets, you know, definitely not as progressive as the rest of their discography, but it there's some experimentation. There, there's some... It, there's a ton of experimentation yeah. all through this thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, like, the whole, like, 
you know, beginning of Drunk Ship of Lanterns is, like, fucking nuts to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, sort of, like, from, like, uh, Sikatra's, uh ESP, like, all the way to the end is, like, kind of, you know, definitely a softer turn uh, if if you're, you know, if you were a At the Drive-In fan that, you know, first put this on. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's full of these moments. But, yeah, I... I I can see what you mean. Like, I I could definitely go to an S because I mean I I feel like it's it's it is just such a solid fucking album, you know. And especially like, you know, every I think the only Mars Volta album that isn't an hour long or over is an Octahedron, and it's like that's because it's like fifty minutes, you know. Like they put out some pretty chunky music, and I feel like not a second of Deloused is you know wasted. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm coming from is that, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get to it. I think there are moments throughout the rest of their discography where I, I could, you know, I could see some, um, I guess, filler or some moments where I think they pr- probably could be tight. Their songwriting could be tightened up. Yeah. Uh, this just feels like a, a long album, not an overblown album. I, I think that it's, it's written really well. And besides the fact that it really is the, you know, the prototypical Mars Volta sound without a lot of fluff, so to speak. Mm. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I know, I know I mentioned Tremulant, but like this is is a pretty impressive leap. I mean, I'll go back to the I think it was Kurt Blue who talked about how um, the stuff that they would have gotten you know would have gotten out of their system in earlier bands is just like their first the first few Converge albums that you know it's kind of. Um, Basically, he said he was embarrassed by their earliest material without really saying that. Uh, <laughs> just that he feels like that it just so happened that the early, as they were tweaking kind of where they wanted to go from an artistic perspective, you know, those albums just ended up on the, you know, the kind of the, the early, earlier part of their career. Um, I don't know, just, just this is quite the debut and it, it makes sense when you think that in a way, you know, at the driving was the equivalent of that kind of getting out of their system. But even then it just feels like a really, in some point surprising progression, but a logical progression. I, I just think it's a, um, I think this is probably the reason I put it as an S is, is that I just feel like it's, it's, I would go to this if someone, you know, so where would I start? I mean, I think that mm. maybe it's a little cliche to say start at the beginning, but I feel like this really, um, it's you know accessible while still being very uh um you know out there you know, very out there like it just it, it's it's kind of it's it's very unique um yet also very approachable in an odd way so i mean it's approachable you know relative to kind of everything that follows it <laughs> um for sure i mean I, yeah i i'm i'm cool putting that at an s for sure because i mean it's yeah i I enjoy this thing a lot, and I, I totally agree with you. I think it is the best place to start, because I think, like, you know, there are other albums that I think are still better, in like, or at least that, that I would pick over D-Loust, you know, to, to listen to. Um, but I, I think it's just, yeah, it, it just works for what it is. Like, you know, it, 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 it definitely is kind of, like, the best place to start, honestly, yeah. Um... I mean, just, you know, hearing that, like, you know, sort of the one-two punch of uh, Sonnet Lumiere and uh, Inertiatic ESP, mm. you know, just is like, oh, like, just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. So I, I, I guess we'll we'll kind of move on from there. And um, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Francis the Mute. Yeah. Which, um, do, do, do you, you want to take this one away? The, this is the... I probably put this like when I want to listen to the Mars Volta. I probably put this one on the most. Yet it's also the one I feel most conflicted conflicted about. Um, Ooh, Cygnus is probably my favorite Mars Volta. It just has everything I want from the Mars Volta. It, yeah, like it has great hooks, great guitar, you know, guitar vocal hooks. But it's really out there. It has like weirdness. It has like it really dials up the Latin influences. Um, you know, The Widow is great. Obviously, La Via, La Via Quez is is amazing song. I love the, the Spanish forward lyricism. 
I, I just I don't know how to put it other than the the kind of ambient esque you know uh, deviations. It's just it, oh, it's a yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of wasted space on this album. Like I mean, it's it's really long. You know, the final track is extremely long. And there's a lot of moments where it just extended kind of, you know, extended noodling or extended like feedback or there's just a lot of moments where I'm like, wow, this is, I just feel like this isn't adding anything and it's making a long album even even longer. Yeah. I mean, th- you, this is definitely like the first time you kind of hear the Mars Volta kind of like, um, I, I, like kind of like letting it loose a little bit. And, and sort of like loosening their belt, uh, maybe a few notches too much, um, you know. But like even like in Cygnus, you know, like there's like that three minute, like they, there's a good like three minutes that could be shaved off the ending of that song, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's like I, I don't know if you, if you hear it, but I always hear like a chicken, um, like you know, <laughs> or something I, I, I like that. I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah listen to it through that. that yeah, lines, you know? uh, you, like like they, there are a couple of like these like little like uh, like. I don't know if it's like a field recording, you know, like kind of like a found sound sort of thing um, that that kind of takes up the end. Like it starts, you know, a trend that you can hear in almost every album after uh, where like they'll just kind of like, you know, either go on a riff for, you know, an extra three minutes or just kind of have like these extended like noise sessions that kind of like segue two tracks or what have you. Um, and yeah, I mean, this, this album is, is very guilty of that when you get to like Miranda, um, you know, I, I, I think there are, I, I, there are definitely parts of Cassandra Gemini that are just, yeah, like it, it definitely, I, I think it could be tightened up a little bit, but I don't know, you know, this was kind of my, um, I always felt conflicted about Francis the Mute, um, mostly because I, I think, you know, the general consensus is that like you know, this is the Mars Volta's best album. And uh, I, I just don't agree. I, I, I think it's great, but I, I definitely find myself, you know, I it, it took me a long time to to appreciate um, the whole album because I, I found that, like, by the time you get out of, like, by the time Elvia, like, ends, I'm like, okay, like, I, I know what's kind of happening, you know, because um, Miranda, I, if I remember right, has, like, that, that trumpet buildup which, by the way, I'm pretty sure that's Flea on trumpet um, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But anyway, um, you know, it, it just goes on for way longer than it needs to. You know, and I, I, I like it now, but it, it can be a lot. It's a little taxing. Like, you know, and I mean, Cassandra Gemini is, is 32 minutes, you know, and it's just it, it, it's a lot to take in for sure. Um, so, I don't know. I, I mean, I would put. I mean, I really, it's funny that this was going to be the one I thought was going to be the most contentious. Um, but I mean, I would put this at an A. I, I had it at a B, honestly, but I, I, I mean, could, I could if, just, if you want to go there, yeah. I, I think just because of the highs, I, I would probably put it, you know, like the, the highs of the album are probably, again, some of my favorite moments of their career. And I think it's definitely not, this is the most pronounced example. I think they, um, they definitely improved at reining themselves. I mean, obviously, you know, all their albums or most of their albums are extremely long. This is definitely probably the worst example of them not knowing how to, you know, leave stuff on the cutting room floor. But at, at the same time, probably they've definitely improved from here. So I don't know. I, I would probably go toward an A just because, again, like some of my favorite moments, like in my head when, like, the 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 songs that will pop into my head to say hey like I should listen to Mars Volta again, they're often from this album. So yeah, I mean I like as much as I'm critical of this thing, I think it's more just from a um, from a standpoint of finding you know sort of the later albums after this to be, you know, just as good if not better. You know, and I I think that a lot of people are are just very quick to be like no no like the old stuff was better. You know like that that kind of like um reactionary mentality which i mean like i given you know sort of how their output kind of wanes over time i i totally understand but i don't necessarily agree um 
but yeah so okay so i'm putting that at an a mm-hmm. um okay yeah i mean I, I i i love it i mean i i i definitely like it's definitely probably the one album that's grown the most on me over time uh because you know with all the other ones i really just enjoyed them from the outset um well we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about you know sort of <laughs> when yeah. that changes but um yeah let's talk about uh the next album then um amputexture which um you know i'll i'll you know i'll I'll shoot my shot now this is my favorite album of theirs uh one of my favorite albums of all time um kind of a um an odd pick um i think i've talked before that uh you know cedric and omar have have described this album in interviews as like their autistic child um that's that's an unfortunate yeah i know i know right like it's a very um definitely a dated way to describe something um i i I think he was they were talking more about like sort of the reaction to it just that like there are some people who love it and some people who dislike it and i I, again i don't really think that the uh i i don't really think that that, that's a that's a great description a great analogy (laughs) you know but nonetheless um you know so you know, I, I think we, we, we didn't um, bring this up before, but uh, Francis DeMute, you know, kind of brought the more, um, you know, more sort of more Latin influences. You know, like you said, in Elvia, we have Cedric, you know, singing in Spanish for, you know, uh, in a very significant way. You know, you've got a lot of horns going on. You know, you've got this, just this, a lot more uh, embracing of sort of Latin rhythms and things like that. And I think that, they sort of with amputecture take you know a lot of those latin influences and then kind of the punkiness of delouse and kind of like jam them together um you know and kind of you know know, sprinkle on sort of like the prog bass that kind of mix up their sound in general and uh come out with this bizarre thing that is very noisy you know you there's a lot of um there's a lot of ex- extended passages that are just like could border on harsh noise to some people, um, you know, and I mean, it, it goes everywhere because, I mean, you've, you've got kind of this weird slowness of vicarious atonement, but then you kind of go to this this atonalness of tetragrammaton, but then, you know, vermicide has these kind of horns a little bit, you know, um, then you go to something like, you know, Viscerize, which is like very much more on the horn side of thing, more Latin-y. Um, but then you go to like Day of the Baphomets, which is just fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite Mars Volta songs. And then the final track, uh, El Siervo, El Siervo Vulnerado. Uh, you know, I, I guess to continue our tradition of just butchering any other <laughs> language that isn't English. Um yeah, they it, it kind of has this psychedelicness, which I I think if if I have a critique of this album, I think that that track is probably the weakest. It probably could have been, it, it, honestly, it, it probably could have been shaved off entirely. But I mean, you probably could have cut it in half and it would have been fine. But there's just a lot of droning, you know. I think there's a lot of sitar work and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's just it, it it's a strange album, um, and. It's I I adore it, but I I kind of want to, you know, hear your side of this, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like this is Francis the Mute without the. It's just it's a refined, uh, it's a refined take on that template. Like I definitely think Francis the Mute was uh, a jump stylistically from D. Laust. I think that they saw what they did well. On Delos and said, "Hey, let's try a bunch of new things." I don't necessarily think that was the same jump on Amputecture. I think they saw what they did on Francis the Mute and said, "Hey, you know, how can we do this better?" And I, I really do think that um, even like the more kind of soundscapey, you mentioned almost noisy aspects are a little bit more refined or a little bit more reined in. Um, yeah, I feel like on this, I mean, for me personally, the you know kind of the highs and the hooks aren't they don't reach the same heights as they do on francis the mute for me but i think mm-hmm. overall this is just a much better executed album like all the way through 
you know, there's not a moment on this where I'm like, oh, like, can, can we can we get on with things? Like, you know, can we, you know, can, we can we kind of cut this short? Can we move on? I think that they they figured out how to deliver that sound without getting, you know, without being too masturbatory, you know, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think there are there are for sure some some parts of like tetragrammaton that are like, you know, pretty like extended, you know, jerk off session kind of. Um, but it's, it's not but yeah, nearly, no, I, it's not nearly to the same degree. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, as Francis I mean, the mute. Yeah, at, but, at least but, for me, like just you know, there you know there are multiple moments of Francis the mute where I'm just like, oh, like, like you know, start tapping my foot, and I, I just don't don't really get the same <laughs> level of annoyance with architecture at all. Yeah, what what were you gonna say before I interrupted you so rudely? <laughs> oh, I, I think I no, I think I said, yeah, I think I got. Oh, I. I what what were you thinking for a um for a tier on this then? If I feel like if A minus or B plus was a th- was a thing, I would do that. Um, but I am certainly willing to bump. I I I, I feel like you might be between A and S. Yeah, I mean, I I see honestly, like I think given you you actually kind of convinced me that I think it belongs in S. Because I, I think given, you know, what you said about Francis Demuto, I'm like, okay, so, yeah, like, and I, I think just overall the the change in style, like, sort of the the way they kind of developed their style further on this album um, really catches my eye or my ear um, in a way that I, I just really love that, you know, has influenced sort of the way... I look at music a lot, and I, I mean, I, obviously this is our tier list, but you know we're trying to be a little objective. Um, so I, I mean, I I think it's an S after Deloused. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, man, I, I you know I this just reminds me of our um of our Deftones uh list because you know we end up just like coming out with like these hot takes that like you know i think anybody anybody else would be like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) and uh and we're just like no no no, fuck you (laughs) 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 fuck you sir (laughs) um okay so (laughs) oh i i think it's also worth you know i think one final thing is that this is the first time that they use uh jeff jordan's artwork uh, and you know, for those who d- aren't familiar with Jeff Jordan, um, look him up. He's an amazing painter. Uh, this album cover in particular is uh, the painting Big Mutant, and uh, I thought about buying uh, a big print of this, but it's like a hundred bucks or something. So, uh, and and his website I think has been, I don't, it hasn't been updated in close to a decade now. So, I'm not really sure whether like what that like where my money would go yeah that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point <laughs> yeah but anyway like yeah jeff jordan's an amazing artist i i i think this is a great album cover to you know it just kind of you know adds to the sort of weirdness that the band has cultivated for themselves um and i think they kind of solidify you know both sort of their visual identity but also their musical identity with uh our the next album uh the bedlam and goliath so yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to you want to talk about this or? Personally, this is my this is my favorite. Uh, I I just feel really? like this. To me, this this marries both halves of their sound really well. I feel like you get the the like borderline you know avant stuff with the Latin influence. You know, there's there's a lot of jazz and funk and even you know a little bit of math math rock here and there. But it, it, it that energy is is rooted in kind of the more um, measured, you know, kind of well well thought out progressive songwriting um, that they've developed over the last several albums. I just feel like you get the the energy and the songwriting in one in you know, in one one effective package, so to speak. Um, there there are some really catchy moments on on this thing for sure i mean uh like tourniquet man you know uh the whole um don't you never never try to you know try try to face me on yeah. uh ouroboros um even like I, is it 
I, I think it's Soothsayer that has like that whole extended piece that that kind of feels like um like a like a church, uh, like a recording of a church service almost. I I don't know if if that makes any sense, but yeah. um, I the, the, there are some yeah. Anyway, I I mean I it's it's I think it's funny that this is your favorite though because I I think if there's any album of the Mars Volta's discography that I think is given to kind of circle jerky kind of you know extended motif sort of thing I, I i think this could this is kind of it in my opinion i mean i i think aside from francis the mute um like there are definitely some moments near the end that i'm like like why is this here like you know why is this still here and i mean that that being said i mean i fucking love this thing um like i would probably you know if if i was choosing a mars Volta album just you know to listen to in the car or something it's you know probably amputecture but i mean bedlam is a very close second yeah um, i think as we'll get to later um a little bit later um the opening track of an album is very very important to how the rest mm. of it plays out and i just love how you know i mean most of the other out al- i think all of the other albums have some level of you know some level of like ambient or like there is something that that kind of sets the stage kind of slowly they ease into things and i just think they're really not the, here the, probably why bedlam and goliath is really vibe with me so much is that right out of the gate it's like wow like here we go and it's just I just i love i guess I, I just go back to that you know energy just there's this is such a you know infectious um energy throughout this whole project that for sure um, I mean, they, yeah, like like Goliath. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the 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 riff uh, in like the first verse on Goliath is like so awesome. Not to mention that the whole like concept of this thing is pretty interesting. Like it's like a, uh, I think they it's like almost like a meta narrative where like they find like a Ouija board and like they summon like a uh, a spirit named Goliath that ends up kind of like fucking with their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the whole thing is written, I think, in conjunction with uh, Jeremy Robert Johnson, if I remember right, um, who is a fantastic writer. I, I highly recommend people check him out. Um, his book called um, is a collection called Entropy and Bloom that I really recommend. But um, yeah, it's just yeah, he I, it, it's a I love this album too a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, really, I. I I really don't have anything bad to say. I, I think that, I mean, I, I think, you know, the last, like, two tracks, I think there are times that it can be a little, like, I think Soothsayer can be a little much at times. Uh, I mean, it's also one of the longest albums, or longest tracks on the album. Um, you know, it's almost at 10 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it can do that, but... I mean, still, I, I I think it's it's still fun in in its own right. So, yeah, I, I it's it's not like yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not like I'm tapping my foot waiting for things to end. Um, though I think I I might have had this feeling in the past with parts of Bedlam, but um, I I really just enjoy it. So I mean, I I think. Do, do you want to put it at S? Because I I I would honestly like I would put Amputecture down to an A. And just replace that spot with uh, bedlam. If uh, or or w- w- would you argue for something higher, Scott? No, I had a, I had bedlam at A. I, I definitely would have it above Francis. Um, yeah. Would you have it higher than Deloused? But I, how about we? We'll, we'll just put it at. We'll put it after Deloused for now, and then we'll argue and and you know sort of figure that out after, at the end. Okay. All right. So right now we have, uh, S is Deloused and Bedlam, and then A is Ambitexture, and then Francis the Mute. All right. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> it it kind of goes downhill from here. <laughs> I I would argue not so. So the next one was Octahedron. Uh, yeah. Came out pretty soon after. I, I, for some reason, just mentally, because of, of the you know the direction they go in, so to speak, uh, I thought there was a little bit of a gap between Bedlam, but no, 2008, 2009. Um, 
I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. You know, I know it's it's yep. really polarizing amongst fans, but I do understand. I I think for a prog rock band, this would be a really good album. For the Mars Volta, it's 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 a little disappointing. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I think since you've been wrong or since we've been wrong, sorry, it is a really well written track. You know, it's it's probably the closest thing they've come to writing like a ballad so so to speak i mean they, um, they, they they've flirted in the past i mean uh asilos de magdalena mm-hmm. uh, off the ambitecture is oh, that's fair yeah and they, um uh tourniquet man as well yeah um but but yeah no i i definitely i get what you mean like it is definitely their most straightforward um ballad like track um and there are some you know like a track like teflon is pretty great uh cotopaxi is also pretty great but i i mean you know I'm, I'm actually looking at the wikipedia article right now and you know it says that like you know um that cedric wanted to make the opposite of all the records we've done um and like yeah they they kind of did but um maybe in terms of quality not necessarily sound like because i i i think this thing's biggest sin for me is is not that it's a change of sound per se, but just like it, it feels like there's just little to no energy going on, like in a lot of the tracks. Like it just it just feels like the soul that kind of the in like the wildness that they brought into their previous work just really isn't there. Yeah, I again i think you know songwriting is good and you know there's i don't think there's any bad songs on here so to speak but again it's just it's it's who who's writing this like who i mean it's we're really jumping genres now but uh the newest morbid angel album you know i think people fawned over it because you know it wasn't you know their industrial death metal (laughs) wasn't that foray into that but you know who who is writing this album? Who's releasing this album? You know, from a your average death metal band, it's whatever, it's fine. You know, but like from Morbid Angel, they've written much better records than this. I don't think that it's as ex- you know that extreme with Octahedron, but it's definitely it just feels like a good prog rock album, and that's just that that's not that's not the standard that they set for you know yeah. several albums up to this point. Um, and, Unfortunately, yeah, and, and again, it, it feels you know a little weird to, to ding them for writing a good album, but it just feels like I mean, maybe this is why there was a bit of a because I think they were releasing albums at a pretty healthy clip, and then there was a little bit of a oh, maybe not, uh, you know, about a year or two, you know, two at a time, and then it felt like Noctur- Nocturnicit came, you know, somewhat out of somewhat in a little bit of a delay, but. I mean, maybe that was uh, the sign at the beginning of the end. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, like, you know, functionally it was because it was their second to last album. And as we'll get to, uh, it was probably their last good album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I mean, I, I, it, it's tough because, you know, listening to this again, you know, because they, this was definitely like when I first listened to this, I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think I've made it through the, my, my first try of listening to it. Um, you know, and over time i mean you know listening to it again i i i appreciate it now for what it is um but it's still like it's it just it's noticeably um a step down it's yeah it's it's disappointing because i mean like like i like i said there are parts that i i that are really enjoyable Mm -hmm. um but i think that you know a lot of it is just like I, i i think the songwriting just feels yeah like kind of bland and like you know, I think like a track like with like with Twilight as my guide is like it has some cool ideas, but I feel like, you know, again we, we see this this theme of them sort of going, you know, and and lengthening out a track unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and every track here, you know, is under ten minutes, which is I think a first for them. Um, no, I, I actually I think there are, yeah, I, I think every track in Bedlam, yeah, every track in Bedlam is under ten minutes, but some get close. Mm-hmm. But the longest track in Octahedron is uh, at, 
I think it's just under, you know, it's eight, yeah, the last track, Luciforms, is uh, 8 minutes, 22 seconds, which is like, you know, it, it, it'd be like, you know, Sun releasing like a punk album in some ways, mm. you know? <laughs> it, it, it's definitely like noticeable that they're, they're kind of toning things down. Um, it just seems like they aren't toning them down in the right way, mm-hmm. almost. Um, so, I mean, I, I would put this at a B. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, part of me almost wants to put it at a C, but... I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I feel like on paper it's a B because of who the band is, it's a C. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much you want, okay. you want to complicate these tiers. And have, yeah, well, have, let's have, like, let's do it. So which, we're, we're putting that at a C. All right. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I, I I think it's kind of funny because you know usually like you kind of use the band's discography the, itself as like kind of like the scale, and like you know you would think that like, the worst album would be like a B or you know like what have you. But I mean you know I I mean I agree. It's just like it's 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 such a step down, and it, it's it's kind of amazing that. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I, I think getting, you know, like, we, we've talked about this, you know, I, or at least we've skirted around it many time of just like, you know, uh, should an artist keep going with a certain sound or are they free to experiment? I mean, we, we basically what we were talking about with, um, you know, what artists owe their fans and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's really no clear answer and there's no right answer, you know. And and I think like, you know, I, I I want them to be able to explore and and you know test out and and sort of try new things, and if like if an album like this is what's needed, like sure, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I I think you know it, I I guess part of the reason that I I was so initially cold to it is just because like sort of the insanity that you find on every other album is just not present here at all, um. You know, in the, the tracks that come close again, like Cotopaxi, Teflon, you know, it it just it doesn't come nearly to the point that that is like you you're like just bobbing your head and you're just being like fuck yes, like this is this is the Mars Volta, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's more like you're saying this is the Mars Volta, you know, yeah. <laughs> with, with a different inflection, um, yeah. So I I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll talk about Nocturnicate now then. Which is uh, their last album uh, so far? You know, we're not really sure what the future is going to hold because apparently they're back together. But you know, who knows? You know, I I've gone back and forth on this thing. Not like pretty low down on the back and forth scale, but uh, I I think just because of how. Kind of the reception to Octahedron, I, I took the same approach, or I've taken the same approach with Nocturnicate a few times. But I'm like, is it really as bad as people say? I think in the case of Octahedron, the answer is no. Like, you know, I think we, we talked about its limitations and that, you know, it's, it's not as good as, you know, their past stuff. But I don't think it's as bad as people made out to be. I think Nocturnicate's pretty bad. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, first of all, the opening track was was the biggest hurdle for me. It just, it, it's it's arguably you know it's called the whip hand might be the worst thing they've ever written it's just yeah. so like the the hook so to speak not that they really write in that way but like the main like the synth sounds terrible you know his you know the vocals sound terrible and it definitely doesn't get that low throughout the album but just it sounds really just really like sloppy like i hate to say that because they're really you know, they obviously care a lot about their compositions. Like, they, they, they put a lot of thought into how they write in the past. But just if you listen to it, you're like, wow, like, this, some of this, some of this feels like rough drafts. Like, there's just, there's some really, really yeah. bad songwriting on this. And, and I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I guess that that's kind of, I don't have a ton more to say because it's, there aren't a ton of, like, there's some decent moments on this, but even the decent moments, it feels like, you know, you know, this you know every aspect of, of this song that I'm enjoying right now has been done better in the past, and then there are plenty of moments where it, it, it's just not it's just not executed well. It just it just it's it's really whereas Octahedron was not you know was kind of mediocre by Mars Volta standards. Like this is just bad by 
I think any standards. It's just not just not good. Yeah. I uh you know I I think that the thing that bothers me the most about the whip hand and and we've talked about this the uh the the opening track is you know sort of that I don't know what sort of time signature they're doing or whether I don't know like I I I just like it it hits the ear wrong every single time every I listen time. to it every yeah. every time I've tried to re-listen to this it just I I it it makes me want to shut like immediately like that that's it, yeah. This is kind of what I mentioned when we were talking about Bedlam. Um, how like the way that that album opens is just so like it just it, it it elevates everything that comes after. This is a huge roadblock for the rest of the album. I mean, again, not that the rest of the album has a ton to offer in my opinion, but it, it, I think it's it's easily easily their weakest. But just to start out like that, it's just such a sour note. Yeah. I mean, I I think just. In all fairness, you know, listening to this again, I I think one I'm just I'm surprised how much I remember from it because I mean I haven't listened to this thing in years, uh, but I guess I'd listened to this thing enough to remember it, or maybe their songwriting is just that memorable in general. <laughs> but um, you know, I I I think that you know like the, there are a couple of tracks. I think In Absentia is a pretty good track. I think Moloch Walker is another great track, but. Yeah, overall, like the the songwriting is just not here at all. But I I think the bigger issue it just feels like I don't know. I was I was trying you know I someone at Rate Your Music kind of put this best like you know and I'm paraphrasing, but just that they um like it, it feels like they're trying to like make like per make this thing purposefully difficult in a way like oh like like a meta take you know almost, yeah, yeah almost like yeah. It, it it feels like that the, that they're like 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 it's weird because like the you know on the whole i think the sound of nocturnicate is kind of like a stripped down psychedelic kind of like prog rock sort of thing um but i i think like it, it's almost like oh no we, we need to be weird in it and i think in in this case like their interpretation of weird is just like let's just you know let, let, let's just make things purposefully difficult to listen to you know so you've got like that weird beat on the whip hand and you've got the malkin jewel which is maybe it was just a very poor choice for a uh, lead single mm-hmm. um you know and and like the chorus of both are just yeah just really weak uh you know yeah it, it, but a lot of it just feels like it, it's it's like they they have to make something, you know, bizarre, because that's who they are, and and I feel like they could have if they had just made a solid, you know, if, if they just made the songs themselves solid in their structure and the performance and everything, it would be like Octahedron Part Two, which is fine, but they just I don't know it felt like they 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 had to keep making it edgy I don't know, and it and it just yeah it it really fell flat on its face not to mention like i mean i i like the album art but i i definitely like it the least out of all of their album covers oh by far yeah um i mean octahedron is is close um it's funny because we're comparing this to the fucking bald guy on fucking Dilloused. so (laughs) um yeah, just overall, I mean, especially given that, like, you know, this thing is, you know, over an hour long. It's just, it yeah, it, it doesn't it, justify it. It's just, it's it not, really doesn't. And, and you're totally right that it's not. It's just, it's, it doesn't hit the ear well. I think that's a great way to put it. Like, it just doesn't like the, you know, some of the synth tones. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking just like on a songwriting and sort of performance level, but I mean, yeah, I, I think production wise, there is kind of like a an emptiness yeah. to like a hollowness just just like, like whatever synth pads they they chose and like even um you know cedric singing it just it's it feels really like i mean I, i'm not i'm not musically talented enough to say like what's off pitch or out of key or whatever it just feels off like everything just feels like mm-hmm. you really couldn't pick a better keep you know keyboard for that you really so you couldn't put like a little extra oomph into your so like it just if it, everything feels like just a little little grating almost and again it doesn't help that the very first track just starts thing off you know starts things off on a really poor note yeah it, it's yeah it, it's definitely it's 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 a sad note 
you know, to kind of leave off on. And, you know, this was like sort of their final, you know, album for, you know, a while. It's been, um, it's been 10 years. Yeah, well, I, but what I mean is just like they, you know, they, they broke up like, you know, I think a year later yeah. after it came out. Um, you know, it's just like you, 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 I guess you can hear like just maybe they're just bored. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, whatever it was, it, it's easily their weakest. I don't, yeah. I don't know if any, any Mars Volta fan could really argue with that. I mean, I, I've seen some people on Rate Music saying like, oh, you know, people shit on this way too much. And it's like, eh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say like, I, I don't think this is like an awful, awful album. Like, because I, I think I've listened to a lot worse music, like by far. Mm-hmm. you know like and like you know listening to it again i like i enjoyed it but i think i enjoyed it because i'm a mars volta fan not necessarily because i'm a, like a nocturnicate fan mm-hmm. um you know so I, I think with given the sort of you know if we're comparing it just to the other albums in their discography i mean i'm i'm saying a d oh easily yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah um so i guess right now we have uh an S, we have D-Laus and Bedlam. In A, we have Amputexture and then Francis the Mute. In B, we have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we can put Tremulant there, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, C, we have Octahedron. And D, we have Nocturnicate. So, do you have anything you want to move around or what um, have you? I, I could... I'm fine either way with Amputexture or Bedlam kind of swapping those between S and A. I think the rest are pretty, sound pretty good to me. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't know, I, I think Bedlam and Amputation are like very closely, like they, they're almost equal to me. Like I, I would put Amputation slightly over it. Um, but I think, you know, the, maybe the best consensus is like, you know what, what, what if we put, I mean, would it really matter? Like, I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, it's our list, but you know, what, what if we just put, Amputexture right after Bedlam on S. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I guess that'll be our 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 final. Unless uh, you have anything else you want to change. That works for me. Okay. Well, so there we go. So we have in S we have Delouse, Bedlam, and then Amputexture. A is Francis the Mute. B is nothing. C is Octahedron, and D is Nocturnicate. So, all right. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Not, not. I I did not expect this to end up to look like it did so i i thought francis would be a lot higher so no i i yeah i mean i think this looks pretty much like the list i came in with which is kind of cool that is interesting i mean i my uh the one i came in with i let's say it says i have uh so i have amputexture on s francis the mute uh d loust and bedlam on a b is octahedron and c is nocturnicate so I, I guess I was being nicer. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, all right. So I guess you want to um, you want to talk about albums of the week? Then? I do. All right. Do. Well, what, what do you got? Uh, I mentioned before I periodically have a rotation of bands that will just pop into, like when I'm doing a Bull Moose run, I'll, I'll, you know, online, I'll pop them in, see if they have anything in occasionally it'll work out and as was the case with this uh it's a tech death album i've wanted for a while and i found it for a good price and here we are and it is uh in curso by spawn of possession okay um feels very like maybe not as brutal so to speak as archspire but very much in that sense where like it's not a super melodic or progressive tech death album it's definitely very flashy but uh, I don't know it strikes the balance pretty well like it's not too like it's not beneath the massacre heavy um, it's not like a like an obscure level of like you know progginess or whatever like just really it focuses on you know just focuses on you know technical skill flash it's definitely still heavy it's definitely still you know tech death um, I just think it's executed really really well um, it does, you know, I love, you know, the blast, the, you know, great, great guitar work. It just does everything I want tech death to do. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm looking it up right now. I, I, I do record because I, I thought it was this album. Um, yeah. 
I didn't realize that it was almost an hour long. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty long. I actually bought one of their other ones that I hadn't hadn't heard before. Um, that came, I think, either right before it or was their debut. I forget. Um, but uh, that one is definitely uh, a little bit more palatable, I think, or at least it feels like it's a little bit shorter. But I mean, I just I remember when the Curso came first came out, I I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad to own it now. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just surprised that you know there's like a you know hour long tech death album that is actually like listenable the whole way through. Because like for for me like that'd be way too much, like at once, like it'd be, it'd be like having like an hour long grindcore album. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I mean, I, I, that, that, that's more a me thing than it is like a, uh, uh, like a you know death metal, grindcore sort of thing. But nice, nice. Um, I guess yeah. I, my uh, my album of the week is is kind of the exact opposite of of this. Okay. Uh, I, I've thought about buying this for a while because I I really really love like a lot of the tracks on it, and I just think it's such a I, like I don't know I I like it more than but we'll, okay we'll just talk about it. It's um Treasure by the Cocteau Twins. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I I I found a really cheap copy of it on Discogs and just went with it, and the guy was so nice on it. He uh he was on vacation. Uh, so he was like, I can't like send it out right now because I'm like not there. But like I'm gonna like I'll I'll buy a label for it right now, and then I'll drop it in the mail when I'm home. You know, mm-hmm. and, like he was just so nice about it, and it's like I, I'm so appreciative of people like that on Discogs. Yeah, because because most of the time it's just like, you know, you you have to like poke them out of bed to like you know even give you a tracking number for something. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Anyway, I, I I really like Treasure. I I like it more than Heaven or Las Vegas, um, and I have for a long time. Um, you know, I, I I just think it's such a I don't know. I I think it's like the like Heaven or Las Vegas feels it's it's much more ethereal. Like where whereas like Treasure like still has like that that you know ethereal psychedelicness to it. But it feels like a, it feels a little more grounded, um, and mm-hmm. I, I think part of it's just like you know sort of the drum machines that they're using, and you know um, being able to sort of you know lay down these these pretty hard beats on top of you know Elizabeth Fraser's vocals and everything. Yeah. Um, and the track Lorelei is just like I I love that track so much, like I I, I could I could listen to that like as like a lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a hypnotic, hypnotic album, like song to listen to. Yeah, just just a great album overall. So, yeah, my yeah. introduction then was uh, Blue Bell Knoll, which I don't think anyone thinks is their favorite album. Oh no, I actually um uh so me and Devin's friend Claire, I think that's her favorite album of theirs. I mean, I I love it. Yeah, I think I have. Uh, I actually just bought um oh I forget what it's called. Uh, but I bought another I mean, one of their albums. Now I'm thinking about I think it might be Devin's favorite. I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to remember which one. I just but yeah, they what were we gonna yeah, say? Yeah, I just I I just bought Head Over Heels, um I Blue Bell Knoll, and then I have Heaven or Las Vegas. But just the song Carolyn's Fingers, that was like I, I I knew Cocktail Twins existed, but I you know, I hadn't listened to anything by them and it was a what's you know, what's in my bag segment. Uh, mm. And that song came on. And I was like, "Holy shit, what is this?" Uh, but I haven't listened to Treasure, and I, I really need to because I know that that you know that or Heaven or Las Vegas, most people consider their best. So, dude, Treasure is so good. I like. I cannot recommend it more. Like, especially if, if you like what you already have from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So you know that they also did a um, well, it, it technically isn't like a Cocteau Twins album, but I um, I think Robin. Guthrie and uh, Elizabeth Fraser did an album with Harold Budd, who you know did collaborate with Brian Eno on mm-hmm. a bunch of his ambient albums. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I've wanted to listen to that for a while. Uh, that's supposed to be really good, but yeah. They, anyway, um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will be back next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.